been doing this week. Just by a show of hands, um, a general theme, busy much? Anyone? Yeah, yeah reasonably so? Okay. So uh, we're, we're going to be carrying on tonight. What I'm, I'm going to be talking about God's faithfulness. Um, but just before we actually start on, on that part of the evening, as a group, we really wanted to thank one lady in particular that we're really pleased to see here tonight. Ali, thank you so much for being a part of our linked team for so long and contributing in the way that you did with the beautiful postcards that we used to have every week. It's not quite the same now that we've not got that part of, of the team going on, but we wanted to acknowledge you and to thank you for your time and your commitment to that. And we've got a small token here. Thank you. A very special lady. Okay, I'm just going to pray before I start to talk. So, Father God, thank you so much for the opportunity just to be here tonight as a group of, of women who know you and who love you and want to hear your voice. So I pray that what you've given me to share and the time that you've helped me to find over these last couple of weeks, Lord, just to tune into your voice in a way that I think I've missed for quite a while. Lord, I thank you for doing that, and I pray that you will just speak now and have your way, in Jesus' name. I long to love God with all my heart. So why do I so often do everything but spend my time in his presence? A lot of the time, I know why. It's because there's so much else to do. So many things that need my time and attention that I say to myself, right, I'll just do the washing up, put the washing on, hoover the stairs, catch up on paperwork, do my finances. You can probably tell that I've been at home for the last 12 months or so. And then I'll make a cup of tea and have a bit of quiet time, sit and read my Bible. It's no surprise that when I finally look up from all these things and Erin is safely tucked up in bed, the clearing away is finally done, that the day and me are all but done too. Did I get that cup of tea? Mostly not. Did I get that time with God? Hmm. And I really did want to, but tomorrow is a new day. I'll definitely do it then. I don't know if this sounds familiar to anyone else, but that pretty much sums up where my life is at a lot of the time, and in particular, where I find myself for the last 13 months. I would say that I've always been a doer, very good at being super busy, must get through the to-do list, and generally, if I get through some of the major things, that constitutes a good day. Accomplishing things and being productive, not wasting time, that actually really does matter to me. These days, more than ever, I have to justify to my nagging sense of guilt if I don't get something done in the spare moments that come up in the day, which means when Erin is sleeping. I think it's safe to say that on the 10th of October 2012, something major happened that would challenge my proclivity to always be on top of things in the way that I like. Our beautiful little girl, Erin Lily Grace, was born on 2.24 on a Wednesday afternoon. The moment I saw her for the first time is etched in my mind's eye, and it's safe to say my life would never be the same. 
I'm on a journey now that has challenged me in every way possible. And I'm learning slowly, just day by day, that through these times is when we have the chance to grow the most, both personally and in our walk with God, if we choose to listen to what he has to say and to see the things he has to show us. But we need to see them through different eyes. Unfortunately, it's only human nature that we will never learn how precious and life-changing God's faithfulness is if we're not particularly in need of it. You can know that it's true and believe in it and even thank him for it, but it's only when you're clinging to him with every ounce of your being that you're truly able to get a glimpse, just a glimpse of the power of God's faithfulness and how life-giving it really is. Thank you, Zach. <laughs> my heart... <laughs> my heart for tonight... Precious little man, he's so cute. ...is to try and share some of my story with you from the last 12 months or so, but to mainly share the story of God's faithfulness, demonstrated in so many ways that made me feel cared for, and that I wasn't on my own, even though the way I felt often tried to contradict that. This is another chapter in the story of my life that he wrote before even one of them came to be. Through it all, though for me there are ups and downs, highs and lows, times when I feel like I'm walking closely with God, and others when I don't. There's an unchangeable, unshakable truth. God never changes. He is always there, always faithful. He cannot be anything but the loving Heavenly Father who spoke the world into being and passionately and preciously etched our place in it, each one called by name, each one with a plan and a purpose uniquely individual to us along with our God-given, one-off DNA that makes us, us. God called me to be a part of his amazing plan to bring Erin's life into being. What a privilege and what an absolute blessing to Pete and I. To read a passage now, like Psalm 139, I'm sure you know it well. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. It takes on an entirely new dimension. Before, I knew that verse and would read it thinking, Yes, Lord, thank you that you know me. That you know me that closely and care for me that much. Now it it blows my mind to think that I've been part of God's plan to create Erin's life. For all the incredible things Pete and I pray she will grow up to be, to be a part of, and for the person we pray she will grow to be by his grace. Wow. Trying to find the words to do justice to something that God has opened your eyes to is tough, but it's vital. When we share with one another, God connects our experiences, our testimonies, and our hearts It's so important to share our stories, to bear witness to how God is moving in your life. 
because it's so encouraging and it brings hope. What an amazing privilege to be able to share with you tonight what God has put on my heart. The essence that is woven through it all is I am faithful. Despite when I interject and say back to God, but what, should, what about this and I've got to do that and don't forget we're still not sorted out such and such a thing. I am faithful. But I need to spend more time with you. I haven't had a quiet time. I need to try harder. I am faithful. But my to-do list isn't finished. Mine is. I am faithful. Come, my child. Take my hand and sit with me for a while. You've been telling me about everything that you're trying to do. Want to do, haven't done. Let me tell you, I am faithful. So ladies, if you will, take the S off your chest and place it on the back of your chair just for a while. I know inevitably we'll have to put them back on at some point because we do have real responsibilities. It's not to be flippant. We have real commitments and real people who depend on us. But my hope is that we put our superwoman S back on our chest differently after we've listened to God a while. Remind us that he is forever faithful and that it's in his strength and not ours where we can not just live but flourish. Life can be pretty tough quite a lot of the time. A lot happens along the way, I think it's fair to say. Most of the time, I think us ladies can do a very good job of holding it all together, sometimes genuinely, sometimes doing our own version of Swan Lake, looking calm and serene on the surface while paddling for dear life underneath. So where do you get your strength from? This is important because the source will determine the outcome. Just as importantly is another question. When the big stuff happens, what's your go-to? We can look to God or we'll look to whatever it is that we believe makes us feel stronger. If God is continuously faithful, going to his strength will mean having an infinite resource available to us. If we go to our strength, we're trying to sustain things out of a place of brokenness at the end of the day. That might sound almost a little bit extreme, but I think that if you actually just meditate on it for a minute, it really is, it really is the truth. So I'm going to play a song. Um, it's a music video. Aside from the fact that I really like this song, especially the original version, which is a bit more up-tempo, the words stood out for me as I was thinking about this theme. So the words will come up as well, and um, I just would like you to listen to it for a while. I'm not going to lie. I want to be like that. I want to be a strong woman, resilient, authentic, able to respond to life saying, shoot me down, but I won't fall. The thing is, if we do that just by being determined in our own strength, we can do it for a while, we can be tough, 
We can be strong. We can keep it together. But at some point, when the reality of what you're going through hits, you'll more than likely crash and burn. Because you're not superhuman. And because you can't go through life unaffected. Things matter. You matter. That's why God has a better way. Rather than crashing and burning, how about taking refuge so it's not all on you? Rather than putting up walls, why not move in and take residence in a ready-made strong tower? Rather than riding the storm out there on your own, how about taking God's hand so he can lead you by still waters instead? I'm not making this up. This is all from his words to us. It's all there in the Bible. I know a lot of the time, though, we either have no idea or simply forget that the Bible isn't there to be another burden on our to-do list for the the day. It's our lifeline for the stuff we face every day to remind us what our God says about facing grief, facing money troubles, facing relationship issues, facing things that scare us and shake us to our core. Sometimes I wonder what God's reaction is when he sees us heading off to try and deal with something without asking him to be in it with us first. It must hurt him to see us go. How often has he shouted after me, wait, you've forgotten your life jacket and those waters are rough. He is faithful, and he is unchanging. If we ask God for his wisdom to help us know what to do and say, he says he will give it to us. This is in the book of James. But he also goes on to say, but when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. So when we're feeling all over the place, remember that. Ask God what he's saying. Ask him right into whatever you're facing. And even though the circumstances might not change, your response to them will. He is our refuge and our strength. He is the quiet water that restores my soul. Isaiah 43, verses 2 and 3, say, When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. Peace and I had that verse at our wedding. Its truth was comforting at the time. And then, as you go through things you realize that God is actually trying to equip you, prepare you for the bigger things you have yet to face. I am so very much a work in progress in trusting and believing what God has often already told me. But day by day over the last year, I see how faithful he has been, how faithful he continues to be. And I know that though it may not have been easy, My roots have grown deeper, 
and they are definitely stronger. Maybe that means that you're anchored a little more firmly in God's hands. We always were, of course, but it looks different when something you once read becomes a truth you know in your innermost being. I know I've tried to cope in my own strength and that I have found hope in God's strength when I remember to go back to him. Sometimes, because we're human, just when you think you're getting there, you revert to type. The incredible thing is that God's second chances are limitless when you come to him with an honest heart. We never know what's around the corner. Each new day is a gift that we get to live. I love the verse, his mercies are new every morning. My lovely granddad used to say this all the time. At the start of every day, we get to choose if we're going to give it to God or keep it for ourselves. In his grace, even when we forget or choose not to invite him in, God's hand is still on us. Why? Because he's faithful. Even as I was preparing in the lead-up to tonight, two major things have happened, as if to remind me that we're not in control, but that God cares for us and is with us in all things. My best friend Emma is traveling for a year at the moment, and she was in the Western Philippines when the Super Category 5 Typhoon Haiyan hit landfall a week ago today. Em isn't a Christian, but she wrote in an email to friends and family, someone must have been looking down on us as they boarded their pre-booked flight from the eastern Philippines to the west two days before the typhoon hit the east with its full force. I prayed for hers and her boyfriend's safety from before they left. I had no idea what they may face, but God did. He is faithful. My church family know that my one-year-old niece, Imogen, was suddenly found with a lump near her collarbone about two weeks ago. My brother and sister-in-law don't yet know God personally for themselves, and I don't know if they've been praying, but we know God personally. So do a lot of our family, and people who will never meet them have been praying for them as a family, for strength and for healing for Immy as she's gone through tests. I thank God so much that in those moments, we can just fall on him. On Monday night, we found out after Immy's MRI scan that same morning that she doesn't have a tumor. She has a treatable bone infection. All we can say is thank you. To God and to our amazing Christian family, who unites at times like these to be faithful and hold others up in love and prayer when they can't do it themselves. Mine and Pete's biggest example of God's faithfulness is for our own little family. Erin was born a healthy 8 pounds 13. Pete said she looked like a purple alien. I thought she was the most incredible thing I've ever seen. I didn't sleep a wink in hospital that night. I just stared at her as she slept. And so I can't help thinking about Steph, where she is now, and the fact that she's going to be able to do that really soon. When Erin was eight days old, 
we had no idea how faithful God was going to be. But that morning around 11 a.m., while she was napping close to us in her buggy, after a walk, our girl stopped breathing. I'd been checking her every couple of minutes like an overzealous new mum. And when I saw her, I knew something was very wrong. My mum and my Auntie Jill were at our house, and my Auntie Jill is a retired nurse. So she stepped in immediately and laid Erin over her knee to try and unblock her airway. But the cry we were waiting for didn't come. I called 999, and in a voice and strength not my own, was able to be coherent. As we waited for the ambulance, I remember the only thing I was able to do was say Jesus over and over. Every fiber of my being knew that the only thing that would change things was his presence and power to breathe life into Erin. I couldn't articulate any of that. All I could say was his name. They got me to hold a little oxygen mask over her face, and I don't remember much else except them taking her out to the ambulance and grabbing a nappy bag for her as we followed. It felt like an eternity that we were in the back of the ambulance, Pete and I just staring at each other with wide eyes. Erin's breathing stabilised, stabilised enough that it wasn't blue lights to the hospital, and we were admitted into casualty when we arrived there. They hooked her up to a machine to monitor her oxygen levels, which were low but improving. The only thing I could think about from being in the back of the ambulance was somehow asking people to pray. The next thing, Pete's phone beeped and he got a text from Stevie P saying that they were praying for us. Then I got one from Teresa. We looked at each other, slightly overwhelmed, slightly freaked out, It turns out that the very lovely Maria Wood had decided to come round to our house that morning to drop off a card and a gift for Erin. She arrived as we were in the back of the ambulance, so we had no idea, but my mum explained what had happened. Maria so kindly asked my mum if it would be okay to ask our church leadership to pray, because they were at that moment having a meeting in church. God had it covered. It turns out that Erin needed to be in hospital, I believe God knew that, and we soon found out. Although they couldn't find anything wrong with her or explain why she'd stopped breathing, they decided on the children's ward that they would admit her and monitor her for 24 hours. It was when she was weighed as part of the admissions procedure that we found out she'd dropped down to seven pounds. We told the nurse that couldn't be right. She was £8.13 when she was born and had gone down to £8 when she was weighed four days later. That meant her weight had plummeted in the four days since. In fact, she'd lost 18% of her birth weight and had become too weak to dislodge the reflux that had caught in her throat, which is why what happened happened. If she continued to lose weight over the next few days before our midwife was due to come out to see us again, well, let's just say God wasn't going to let that happen. Over the four days we were in hospital, Erin did brilliantly. She had to have a feeding tube, but she started to put weight on, and the doctors were really pleased with how she was doing. Through all of this, 
There were so many little blessings and amazing faithfulness of family and friends that changed everything for us. One text from my best girl, Philippa, told us she was... And I told you, didn't I? Told us she was praying with every mile. (laughs) As she travelled back from London. Because something in the words that she wrote was like a word from heaven. God knew. He got it. Of course he did. He knew this was tough, even though it was where we needed to be. So he wanted us to know we weren't on our own. His hand was on us, on Erin, and he had mobilized hearts and prayers of people who loved us to just encircle us when we needed it the most. He is faithful. In the weeks that followed, I realized that what had gone on through these these few days had taken its toll on me. Some people wondered and asked, if I might have postnatal depression. A pretty tough thing to hear, a pretty tough thing to consider. But at a routine appointment for Erin and I with our GP, the incredibly compassionate doctor I happened to see explained to me that we had actually experienced something that was quite traumatic. And without the possibility of having the time and space to, to process it or get your head around it, We had a newborn baby that needed us and needed our time. So being a new mum, I just got on with it, as did Peace, obviously. He has his own story to tell. But it was a tough few months. But I'm standing here now able to talk about it, just about, and to tell you that it's been a day-by-day process that God, Pete, my family and friends have worked through with me, and things look really different now. Erin is our little star. She brings joy to us every single day, and she's so much fun to be with. This picture was taken on her first birthday, which was obviously October just gone. And that's taken in our our dining room, and if you can just imagine now, she loves pushing her walker up and down there as fast as she can go, bumping into everything. She really is a lot of fun to be with. God has helped me and healed me through being her mum. I really see that now. One specific thing he did was give me a verse through a friend from church to reassure me that Erin was in his hands, not just then, but for all the days of her life. One Sunday morning when I was at the back of church when Erin was a few weeks old, This friend came to me and simply placed a note in my hand. And it said, I got this for Erin before she was born, for I have commanded my angels concerning you. You don't really need much more than that, because when I read it, I knew that he'd already done it. And that was just one example of the many times, some of which we may know, some of which we may never know this side of heaven, of the times that I know that he will, he will watch out for her and he will send his angels to, to be with her. God is so good. He can't be anything but because that is his nature. But life is unpredictable because we live in a broken world. That's the reality. 
but life is there for the taking. The amazing thing is we don't have to do it alone. We don't have to spin the plates and keep them there on our own. We will try. Oh, yes, we will try. And if anyone has managed it yet without breaking one, you're either cheating or not telling the truth. The thing is, though, more seriously, if you are managing to keep all those plates in the air, the thing that risks breaking is you. Stop trying to cope. God wants more for you than just coping, getting by, getting the to-do list ticked off. God actually wants you. Don't take my word for it. Take God's. I have come that they may have life and life in all its fullness. I guess the question is, do you trust God enough to let him show you how faithful he is? Come to me, all you who are weary, and I will give you rest. Try taking God at his word. Go on, I dare you. I think I like daring people. I think I did that last time I spoke. It won't be easy. It will be a daily choice. But my prayer is that as you practice letting go and letting God, you will wear the S on your chest in an entirely new way because it will be God's spirit and his strength working in you supernaturally as you find your rest in him. There's a song that I'm going to play now just to to draw this to a close. It's a beautiful song by Jesus Culture. There are quite a few different verses that they've brought into this that are just themes throughout the Bible. But the, the line, there may be pain in the night, but joy comes in the morning. That's repeated in different places, but Psalm 30 verse 5 is one that really stood out for me. There may be pain in the night, but joy comes in the morning. So as this, song's pl- as this song plays, please feel free just to close your eyes. See if you feel God's trying to say something to you about anything that you've heard tonight. There's no need to do anything, just listen. But if you would like to share anything just with the people near you at the end, or if you'd like to have somebody pray with you tonight, please don't leave here if you feel that God is prompting you on something because it may be that he has change in store for you and you don't want to miss out on that.